gets it to first. The Browns are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They reach the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. It's the OT. We're back in overtime. Couldn't finish in regulation, but this one is going to be a dandy. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Episode 146 of For Future Considerations. My name is Matt. Manny and John are here as well. Gentlemen, how's the last couple of, a couple of days been for you guys? Good. I'm still rocking out to soul to soul. Oh, yeah. Back to life. Uh-huh. <laughs> Back to reality. <laughs> I've had that song stuck in my head since earlier in the week. So. Um, Me too. Yeah. Me too. That's a great song. How many times are you bringing that up in regular conversation now, Rashad, where like somebody is like, oh, they're running late or something like that. I am back to life. Back to reality. <laughs> Don't you just hate Mondays? You know, it's like back to life, back to reality. Oh, well, you just got back from vacation. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> back to life, back to reality. Now. <laughs> Such a great song. Yeah. It was just a couple of days ago that we got together, but boy, I've been pumped for this one. Our second episode of the week called The OT, where we are joined by a special guest. Yeah, that's right. Our first episode of the week is our debate episode where we talked about some of the hottest topics in sports. Go back and have a listen to this week's episode. It was wild, and I shared a little golden nugget that you'll enjoy <laughs> really it's like back to reality for you eh? <laughs> well after you listen to that one we've done 145 of these there's a few that are pretty entertaining actually including some john rashad secrets in there but amongst that tremendous guests mike Fuda, aaron franz and jamie campbell fred wallace all guests on the show so go back and listen to some of the ot episodes and uh, join us for those as well yeah, Fred knows our guest here today, too. And if we know anything about this guy, he's got some stories. Now, this guy is a former hockey enforcer who played in the OHL, the AHL, the IHL, the ECHL, and the NHL. He grew up in Owen Sound, starred for the Oshawa Generals, and was a second-round pick of the New Jersey Devils in the 1995 NHL draft. He never played with the Devils, but instead he played in the NHL with the Nashville Predators, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Dallas Stars. He also played in the KHL in Russia. That is six competitive leagues, if you're counting. He even had a professional boxing career. Now he's a hockey dad. He works at Bruce Power in Kincardine, and he also helps coach in the Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League. Please welcome to For Future Considerations, Nathan Parrott. Nathan, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's great to have you on the podcast after bumping into you around the rink. I know you bump into Matt all the time in the GOJHL. And, heck, we thought we'd get you on and talk a little bit of hockey, huh? Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. Uh I think you might have missed a couple leagues there. I played in a I was in the Russian Super League the last year of it, so I don't know if that counts in the, the KHL. So Wait a minute. You played in two different leagues in Russia? <laughs> Technically. And actually, well, I never played in the, the – I 
down from the KHL. I got sent down for a bit, and I I never actually team, but I was down there practicing for a couple of weeks. But and I also played in the Quebec scene. I don't know if you consider that a pro league, but they did pay me, so it was good. <laughs> what wasn't that the Quebec Fighting League? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was there for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they paid you, it's pro. Let Let's talk some hockey. Let's go way back to the beginning, shall we? You started playing hockey in Owen Sound, but you grew up just outside of Owen Sound, right? Well, technically, I, I started Teeswater, and I moved to Teeswater, to Owen Sound when I was eight. So when I was in, so I didn't like hockey. I they'd throw me, like throw skates on me, and throw me on the ice, cry the whole time. I guess, and then when I moved to Owen Sound, eventually, I like in hockey. And I, as I got older, I was a little bit of a late bloomer, and then got better. You know, my two Bantam years, I really blossomed and. Scored 60 goals both years, and then uh, really good line mates, too, that really helped out, uh, Ben Alviano and Jay Henry. But it went on and played Junior B for the Grays. No, they no longer exist, but it was uh, mid, uh, Midwestern Junior B there with Stratford when they were there. Um, yeah, anyway, so I went on to St. Mary's, and hence why I coached. And then uh, Mike Bernard was there. We played hockey growing up, and he asked me to try out. So I went down and made the team. We ended up winning the the Western Junior Beach Chip that year and had a strong year and a really good playoff run. And then uh, kid John Tripp, I don't know if you remember that name, but he was a third round, I believe, to uh, Colorado. He was drafted twice, so he went back in the second year and he got drafted the first year, but he had a great pro career. He finished off in Germany and he played a lot of years. He had a German passport, but he was ranked second overall, and so we had a lot, and you know, went deep in the playoffs. Went to, we didn't win in the Sutherland Cup. Uh, Marty Turco's team beating us. I think they were in Waterloo. I know guy I work with uh, at Bruce Power actually was on Pretty funny. I was in security with him for a few years, but yeah, anyway, small world. It is a small world. Yeah, yeah, it's funny you go back and some guys you played, played with, you meet. But, yeah, along the way, yeah, it was funny. My son got traded to Windsor, and uh, I think most of the coaching staff and management there I played along the way, like Billy Bowler and I played in Milwaukee. Mark and I, Savard, played in, in Oshawa together. Andy Delmore, we played in uh, Nashville together. So, yeah, there connections there, but, yeah, it was good. But, you know, the, he did well. I thought good playoff run. You know, one game too short. But anyway, he's it's funny because he's signed with uh, Andrew signed with Rockford in the American League, and he he just got invited to main camp in Chicago. So uh, at the exact same age, is uh, twenty one. I I'd, I'd signed a free agency contract after my over when I was in the Sioux. And I went to I signed with Chicago and I went to their camp at the AJ Andrews going to his third NHL camp, which was my third NHL camp. It's kind of it's kind of funny how that works out. Wow! So the son is following in the father's footsteps. That's great, great. Yeah, well, I think he sees the ice a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I think he has fairly good hands for a big guy, but you know, the game's obviously changed a little bit. 
Yeah, I, I want to talk about your time in Oshawa too, but you you mentioned all the connections that you had with the Windsor Spitfires coaching staff after Andrew got traded there. Did you give Andrew a little insight? Did you give him any ammunition so he could rib the coaches or what? Yeah, some <laughs> stories. Yeah, yeah, no. No, I was just telling him, listen, I'm like, but Andy can shoot the puck really well. Maybe you should listen to him. <laughs> He's probably one of the best offensive defensemen I ever played with. So yeah, <laughs> he the puck in the net. Yeah, he was good. He was, you know, he could fly. But yeah, great shot. But obviously, Mark was fairly spectacular, and you know, he had a great career. Stanley Cup. Yeah, he was he was something special. That's for sure. But you know, and Billy, man, he. Was no like he was like Mark. He was like, yeah, he, he just a wizard with, you know. I don't know how many points he ended up in his OHL career, but it was a lot. And when I played with him, hockey is the same way. Just like, you know, how do you do that? But I don't know. I just bang below the net, and somehow the puck would bounce off me once in a while. And it-, <laughs> <laughs> it it sure did. When we talk about your OHL career, I mean, uh, as a rookie in Oshawa, I scored 18 goals, 46 points, only 233 penalty minutes, though. <laughs> and then the next year, a few less penalty minutes, but 30 goals. Like that's Those are pretty good numbers for you to just uh, happen to have the, the puck hit your ass a few times. Uh, I think you probably sniped a few more of those than, than you think. Tell us a little bit about your OHL uh, career and what that was like. Well, well, the first year I was there, I just, like, I ended up getting put on Mark's line early in the season. I don't know what was going on, but anyway, they put me on there, and I think I scored a goal the first shift. And, you know, Mark liked it, and it's funny, I don't know if he admitted, but he'd go around and just poke the stick, right? And I'd jump in, and, like, as soon as anyone looked at him funny, I'd fight him, right? He'd like that, and the coach seemed to like that, so... I made a home there. <laughs> anyway, so it worked out. It was very beneficial to my point production, that's for sure. But, you know, I mean, I, I did my job. and I think I had – I must have had 30-some fights that year. I can't remember 31 or 32 it was. And yeah, so I, I did some fighting. And, you know, obviously – Some? Yeah, it's a different, different game now, like I said. But, you know, I mean, you used to, you know, used to – Back then, right? But yeah, so then Larry Corville, that name, but he played for the Canadian World Junior Team and he was a spectacular player. We traded for him from Sarnia. I can't remember who we traded for him, but he was a player too. So the three of us, you know, we had, we found uh, a good, you know, good connection together. Worked well and it was, you know, worked out. Mark led the league in scoring that year. I can't points he had, but it was well over. I did have to look it up, but I think it was over 130 or something like that. But it was a lot of points. He was he was spectacular. And then, you know, I mean, Larry, obviously, I remember how I many he had, like 80 points or something. But, yeah, it was a good it was a good line. And, you know, I mean, just kind of there to make sure they had their space to do what they wanted to do. And no one messed around. It was a tough league back then, though. You know, I mean, there was guys like, uh, who was it, like Mark Morrow and <laughs> – Pretty Oduya, and it was like there was there was tons of guys. I can't I can rock my brain to remember them all. But there, you know, Matt Johnson, he came back that year from the the guy was a monster. But yeah, there was yeah, yeah it was a, it was a tough league. That's but uh, the next year, Mark ended. Up, he was this is kind of, so Mark 
broke his leg. We traded for Wayne Primo. So the line was me, Mark, and Wayne. And then Mark broke his ankle in Guelph. And he he was like, I can't how many points he had. But Aaron Brand ended up winning the scoring race that year. It took him, I think it was like five or six weeks before he caught up to Mark and Point. <laughs> Which you yeah. back. I think that, Mark would have had over 180 to 200 points that year if he didn't. He it was unbelievable. That's crazy. Bizarre, but yeah, it was. He was like just like him and him and Wayne were like really spectacular together. You know what I mean? And I was, you know, I was you know in there too, getting my points too. And I, you know, I found a real scoring touch. I, this is the second half of the year. I think I I picked up the goal scoring in the second half after Mark got because I think they. I mean, they needed some more. We needed more scoring, obviously, with him being out, able to pick up more of that role and, and stuff. So I don't know, but it, 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 he was unbelievable. And obviously, the next year he led the league in scoring again. I got to the Sioux because they were overage rule. We had too many overagers and two guys. We were going to play two back then, right? We carry three. Mm-hmm. I know it's changed. But yeah, so it was too bad, and they win the championship that year. So they decided to keep Mark Savard and not you. <laughs> no, he wasn't an overager though. Oh, okay. I thought I thought that's. Uh... <laughs> and then they win the championship, and you're in the Sioux. That just burns your gears, doesn't it? Well, and you know, I mean, Joe Thornton was too. So it wasn't yeah. like I was going to a bad team. We just. Yeah, and I remember we were playing Guelph in the second round, and Brian Wiesenberg, like, it was weird. One of the linesmen got hurt earlier in the game, so we only we finished the game with one ref and one. Someone broke a stick, and the one linesman was picking up the stick, and the referee was on the other side of the net, and Wiesenberg grabs it with his bare hand and literally throws it in the net. It was, on the, it was up in the Sioux. I remember the game, and I remember on TV – on like the news up in the Sioux that you could see it clearly that he grabbed his hand threw it in the net. Right? They count the goal. We were down, but we were up a goal late in the period, so they tie it up. We go into overtime in like like thirty seven overtime. He goes Wiesenberg, same guy goes coast to coast and scores amazing over the goal to, to win. Like it was a great uh. Mexican, but yeah, the, the never should have been there, obviously threw the first one in with his hand, but and it just it just seemed like the team fell off the bus there and we were done. <laughs> he <laughs> threw the puck in the net. That's ridiculous. And it counted. Yeah. Oh well yeah. But anyway, we we had a good team. We had a good bunch of guys. Like Rick Jackman was there too. Mm. Uh, Rich Uniac, he had like over a hundred points and Joe Sorosky had 56 goals that year, 58 or something. So it was just like, it was. We had a great team. Like we, you know, just you know, you can have a great team and still not win. But. Yeah, I'm always interested in this. When you went back to Owen Sound, your home rink, so to speak, yeah. what kind of reception did you get? Because you're like the toughest guy in the league at the time. What's that? I tried to have a fight every game I was there, but I did score a lot of points there too. <laughs> so they hated you. I don't know if they hated me, but you know, friends and family in the buildings, and not all of them hated me. <laughs> <laughs> Diehard Plater fans, I think, did, but <laughs> all players, right? But yeah, weren't the attack then? But yeah, no, it was. 
Yeah, that was like this Shane Kenny. That name. Yeah, Shane Kenny. Yeah. Big guy. I remember fighting him the one night. There's a little personal history I won't bring up on your podcast, but we didn't like each other. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going right after. It was funny. <laughs> Draws in our zone, and uh, our goalie was uh, Ken Shepard, and I'm like, about this this history we had anyway. So I'm like, I go, Ken, I'm going after him right now. I'm like, yeah, just leave your gloves and go. And so drop the puck. I just drop my gloves. And to the blue line, grabbed him, and I think I, I feel like I won the fight. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say I win in every fight, but I definitely I think I got the upper hand in that one. But yeah, <laughs> anyways, you know, you get instigator, and, and I, you know, back then they weren't as likely to kick you. They only got like 17 penalty minutes, right? And I, you know, there's was only like five, so I went, you know, to the dressing room, and one of my best buddies at the time, he was there. Oh, I thought you were kicked that he left. <laughs> he thought I was out of the game. <laughs> I think it was a global game of the week, too. Mark scores the overtime winner, and it was like, it, it was a real goal. I got the puck out of the corner, passed it to him, and he dangled the guy, like, really undressed and shelved it. And then he had this really nice, like, pump afterwards, and they used that pump on the global game of the week for years, right? It was like, <laughs> it was like oh, yeah, I had a really good game after. <laughs> anyway, it was pretty fun. I love the fact that the penalty minutes were true penalty minutes. So when we say you got 233 penalty minutes, that's not like a 10-minute misconducts over and over yeah. and over again. Those are like fives all the time, right, for most of them? I, I had over 30 fights that year, so I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Like, well, my most in the – in uh, it was my second year in NHL, I had 37 fighting majors. That was my most. The lockout year in the league, I believe I had 35, which was pretty close. I was – and I – like <laughs> – I remember Brian McGrath, I think, led the league that year with, like, 46 or something. He fought a lot. And the year I had 37, I was second behind Mel Engelstad, who had 42. It's kind of funny. I'd never fight. I always felt like Doug Dowell because they were on the same team in Kalamazoo. Okay, I fought I fought Engelstad once, but I was like, I don't want to fight him because it doesn't help him, right? I got to fight Doug so I can gain on him, right? Yeah. <laughs> Scoring rates for the fighters, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going through the uh, um, your elite prospects in, in hockey DB and such at this point, and I didn't realize that there was this connection here. But the first uh, years you were in Oshawa were the first years that Stan Butler was a head coach in the Ontario Hockey League. What was it like playing for Stan? And could you tell at that point that he was destined to be one of the great? junior coaches in, in OHL history? Well, yeah, you know, Stan, like, Stan was great for me, honestly. Like, I was uh, I, I'm a bit of a troubled youth at times, and, you know what I mean, I needed some strong leadership to guide me, and Stan was the guy I needed at the time, and, and he, you know, definitely that role well and helped, you know, put me on the right path and stuff, and great you know i mean i have all the respect for stan he's an amazing coach and he yeah he was days he wanted to punch him in the face but you know, <laughs> yeah. I know it's like you know i mean he, 
if you're a really good coach, I don't think you're always a really nice guy, right? Like sometimes you got to say the hard, send the hard message, right? To your uh-huh. players and, and you know, it's he knew when to do it and get the most of his guys. And uh, was, you know, was, he was really special to play for him. And, you know, you know, you know I mean, he, he did like me in the sense that he played me a lot. And, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, we're friends now and, you know, I mean, he's, he actually like the, the, the Say I, I had to make a decision. I applied for the assistant coach job in Brampton when he was there, and it was the same. I, I he offered me the job, and I got the job at Bruce Power the exact same day. I got a job offer from them because I was going through the hiring process at the end of my career. I blew out my knee. I was down in the Central League, and I was like, okay, it's time to get a real job because I'm you know hockey. I can't do it in a professional manner anymore <clears throat> anyway so and i really wanted to to coach and you know i mean my i had two kids at the time right and who, you know i mean andrew obviously really liked hockey and my son kevin really likes hockey playing working at bruce power financially what it meant and coaching the, the time and, and effort and how much less <laughs> you'd make it in the beginning, right? Obviously, some guys do really well coaching, but you know, just getting hired to get fired at some point, and mm-hmm. and there's, you know, I mean, you got to go to lots of ranks, and you know, I mean, do your hustle with with running camps and doing lessons and that stuff to make it work financially, right? And you know, I mean, we're, I mean, Bruce, I grew up in this area, right, where Bruce Power is. I knew the deal there. What what uh, what it meant to have a job there and how you know I mean it was a, you know I mean it's pretty sought after it's it's a hard place to get into and I was very fortunate to get in when I did and then choice to you know go that way because and it's it's been great and now I'm back into coaching again it's been really good and you know I mean I'm you know assistant coach down St Mary's but uh, you know I mean I work with Jeff Bradley he's great and the general manager's great and the assistants they're all you know. And this year, I feel like we put together the GMs put together a really strong team so far. We ended up getting the, the goalie out of Barry there. I, I can't pronounce his name. I was talking to him. We had a game in Cambridge the other day, and he was just shaking his head at me. I was trying to pronounce his name. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, who's the uh, backup last year. <laughs> that's why. That's why we have nicknames. That's yeah. why. That's why everybody has nicknames. Yeah. Right? yeah. And he didn't like it. Either. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Yo, stop fucking whatever. Do whatever you do in the net. I don't know." Let let let's jump to the NHL. Do you remember your first game in the NHL? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, geez, my first. Game. Of course. <laughs> what a night! I can't. It's amazing. So so so, tell us about getting the call that you're going to play for the Nashville Predators. Oh yeah, we were. They were in Columbus, and they had a game uh, at home, so they were flying in, and I got there before the team. So I mean, you know, all excited, can't sleep, and I can't remember who was my roommate. I think it was Martin Erat, you know, coming to the room and, and the middle of the night. And, you know, when they got after their game, I was already there trying laying in bed and trying to pretend I was sleeping, right? But anyway, <laughs> next day we go to the arena and, and you know, pregame skate or whatever, just kind of all blurred because you're just, you know, so wired. And then uh, 
five seconds into my first shift, you know, I gets called up and I jump on the ice, take a couple strides, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, Steve Dubinsky, uh, I didn't remember that name, but he, uh, Steve, I played with him for years, fed me with a pass, and I was in all alone from like the blue line in, clear cut breakaway, five seconds into my first shift, and I. I'm going down. I'm like going top glove, and and I I would have missed a soccer net. (laughs) (laughs) I I was was squeezing my stick so hard. I'm pretty sure I broke it, squeezing it so hard. And I was like, I get you know, I I finish the shaft, and I'm like, I'm just like, can we swear on this? Just oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like. I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm like, next shift I go out there, I'm like, Cody's jelly. And I'm just, I'm pissed off. And I'm fucking in with tap. I'm like, let's go. And I squared off. And I, I, we had a good fight. I actually, a friend of mine, Brett Harkins, Columbus, and he was like, after the game, he's like, Nathan, Jody's beat up everyone this year. Like, he beat Rock. He's beaten. He hasn't lost a fight until tonight. Like, that was the first fight he lost all year. And I was like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I scored that goal too, but <laughs> maybe my career could have been a completely different path if I would have buried that one. But no, so, but anyway, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was good. And we went, we went back, uh, after the game, and uh, Scotty Hartnell had a few people back at his place, and you know, got to meet the guys and hang out. It was good. Yeah. So when did you get the first goal? We got your first fight out of the way, but uh, do you remember the first goal first? Actually, that was a good goal. I was we were playing Calgary, <laughs> and I remember uh, I had 50-some goal, 52 goals that year, I believe. And like, it was late in the season, and you know, man, I can't remember how many games I already played. It was a lot later on. Anyway, our whole game plan, don't let again the score. Like, we can't let again the score. We're going to lose again the score as well. Two goals that night. Anyway, it was forty seventh and forty eighth goal of the season. But anyway, so we end up winning the game five two. But I got the puck coming down my off wing. It was a two on one, and or no, it was a two on two. I remember the D was playing me pretty hard, but on my off wing, and I just kind of pulled the puck to the middle and then pulled it back and did one of the shots through his through his legs. So went through the five hole, and uh, it was Roman Turk in that through his five holes. A good shot, just like, you know, outside of the dot and the the, the face-off circle dot there, right? And then I remember it was the game-winning goal, though. And nice. that game, they they eliminated Calgary mathematically from the playoffs because, they, you know, I mean, they were, they were done. I was like, yeah, that was a game-winning goal, like first goal. And the in the, the press notes the next day as you know, on the bike reading them, and they're like, the Calgary media – the worst goal of Roman Turk's season. <laughs> like, they mean not because I scored or how I scored. Uh, they eliminated the playoffs. That's what they meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a rocket. Whatever they say. Yeah, yeah, it was a laser. <laughs> okay. I only had four goals in the NHL, so I remember them all fairly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I boxed after hockey, so my memory isn't great. <laughs> so you obviously made a name for yourself through fighting, though, whether it was in any of the stops that you had. Did you really like fighting? I, I, 
I just like to play aggressive. I was always running around hitting guys, trying to get create turnovers and pressure on the puck, you know. Taking guys' time and space away, right? And, you know, you do that enough, then you know, no one's going to come challenge you, right? Like, it's just, you know, you run around, hit everyone. You start hitting the good players, and, and you know, I mean, there's guys paid to make sure you don't. And, you're gonna step to you know step up to the plate and hey, call you call you out on it. So I, I mean, it's the way I played, right? Like I wanted to score goals. Like I, my American League stats, score a lot of goals. I always yeah, I you did. Lions in the American League. And yeah, you did. Power play, and, you know, you just NHL. It's just that much faster. And guys, smarter and quicker with the puck. That my. I just wasn't, you know, I look at my game, I was close, but just not kind of close. Even though I played 89 games and I hung the NHL career for, you know, two full seasons and two part seasons. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, it's competitive and guys are good and it's, you know, I mean, it's it's hard. <laughs> you know, it's you know, I'm trying my best, but you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's good one more season. <laughs> so did you, know, did you feel yeah, pressure to go in and fight? Before What's games, that? like were you, were you feeling pressure to go in and fight at the beginning of a game, or is it just kind of it happened because of your aggressive play and it just kind of oh, happened I organically? I like who's kidding who? I wanted to fight. Right? <laughs> I, wanted to be the toughest guy. I did. Like I wanted to be like, okay, I'm gonna gonna be known as the toughest guy. You know, I mean, right? like, I tried to beat every guy I could. You know, like it wasn't like I didn't want to. You know, I wanted to play hockey too and win. You know, I always wanted to win a Stanley Cup, but that was the ultimate goal. But, you know, I mean, I wanted to be too. Right? I wasn't trying not to be, but you know, I wanted to be. I, my, my favorite players growing up in the park and Rick Tockett and, you know, Cam Neely. So it was like I wanted to be that player, right? Or, you know, I mean, like a Milan Luchik or Tom Wolf. I mean, that kind of role, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I would say I didn't really ever – Pan away for me, but you know. Hey, you, you, you fucked the flames, so that was pretty good. So, <laughs> <laughs> who, who was your toughest competitor fighting in the in any hockey league? Oh, man, you know the guy I had the hardest time with was Francis Lassard. Oh yeah, because he was a, a lefty, and I just. I remember at one time, like, I like, fought him twice in the same stoppage of play. <laughs> <laughs> and the only t- it was the only time I ever beat him because the first time he won because he kind of suckered me and then a big line brawl broke out. It was in Philadelphia. He's playing for the Phantoms. I was in Norfolk. And he, like, he kind of suckered me. You know, he gave me, like, you know, I'd say he won the fight fairly well. And then I – the Broke out, right? And then, because he, you know, he kind of cheap shot at me. And then um, the linesman just left us, let us go, right? And all these fights were breaking out. And I, you know, got myself together and, like, recollected my thoughts. And I saw him down by the like, old bench. And I was like, okay, it's time to go. And I was mad. And they got him back the second. I fought him a few times after that and never did well. But yeah, so I was just, yeah. I never did really well against that guy. Which you know, I think it was because he's a. I never do well against lefties for some. Like my boxing career, I mean, two of my losses were against southpaws, and you know, it's just tough. Something I don't know what it is with the guys with the lefties. Maybe it's my. I don't see my 
my right eye as well as I do my left eye. <laughs> <laughs> those always always got to watch out for those lefties, right? Always got to watch out for those lefties. <laughs> yeah. Is was there one fight that you were most proud of, like uh, the one where no. you not knocked the heavyweight champion out or whatever? Uh, well, the most impact on the game to help a team win was when I was with the Leafs and I fought. Uh, we were down 5-1. And I remember I was sitting on the bench and Olin Nolan was beside me. He goes, just go beat the shit out of that Neil fucker. And I'm like, all right. And I went <laughs> And he, I, I tried to fight him all the time. He would never fight. I, he would never fight me. And he finally said yes. And I was like. Okay, and like Chris is, you know, he's really tough. Like he's not like he's not that he wasn't wanting, like scared of me. He's just like I think it was more, you know, I mean, it was only going to help take away momentum from his team if he mm-hmm. didn't do well. Kind of, there was no upside for him. Either. Well, they're winning five one. So what does he think? Like whatever, we'll fight then, right? And it was a really good fight. Last, it was probably my longest fight in the NHL. And it was a kind of back and forth, and you know, I mean, it was, it was on, you know, if you get a chance to YouTube, it's actually a pretty good fight. But he, uh, we, when we went to the penalty box, you know, we had five minutes each, and we scored two goals in the five minutes that I was in the box, and then we ended up going to winning the game in overtime, six five. Wow! I remember like the TSN; they had it as the TSN turning point then, and. You know, said it was like change the momentum of the game. So that was it. Was really good feeling, you know, that you know have a positive impact and big long fight and stuff. That's great. Yeah, that's a good one. That's great. We're, we're kind of from the same area, you know. I mean, he's a Flesherton kid. And, yeah. You know, not too far down the road from Lone Sound, so have a good tilt with him. Yeah. So you spent a few years in the, the AHL and the NHL and went back and forth there, and then you ended up going overseas and, and ended up playing in, in the KHL in Russia. What was that experience like, and I guess what kind of brought you to uh, to deciding to go over to Europe? Well, I'd, I'd signed a PTO that year with the Marlies, and, it, like, they were paying me okay, but, like, uh, a friend of mine who played for that team the year before – was coaching that year and he, he called me up and said, you know, I mean, the team wants to offer you a contract. Will you come? And I was like, well, what kind of money? And it was like, it was like four times more than what the Marley, at least four times, it was probably more than four times more. And they paid the taxes and, you know, I was like, man, that's too much money just to not. So I went and I talked to the Leafs management and I said, listen, like, I'm not asking for more money, but, Instead of just having, an, you know, this – oh, it was an American League contract, yeah. I remember it was just an American League. I said, will you offer me an NHL contract to go with it so I can get a chance to get called up if I'm doing well? And they're like, no, we got too many contracts signed and we can't do it. And it was like, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to take off and go over to Russia then. Like, you know, I, mean, I hope there's no hard feelings. But, you know, I mean, they, I think they understood. You know, I, mean, I was trying to be – not just – you know, screw them over. I tried to off, like, at least make it fair. And like, it was too much money for me to just say no to, right? So, like, you know, being a professional, you got to go where the money is kind of thing. So I went over there and, uh, yeah, played a couple of seasons. And, yeah, it was, it was quite the experience, to say the least. There, yeah, yeah the, the stories I'll tell, there's some stories I don't, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we... We only want to hear the stories you won't tell. No. Like, well, I'll tell. 
I just think, I don't know, I hope this guy's either dead or in jail now. <laughs> I don't want him to hear it because he'll, he'll shoot me. He actually, the owner of the team, he took us like drinking the one night. He freaking, he took a gun and held it in the back of my head. And he's like, I'm the boss. And I was like, yeah, you are the boss. I was like, sobered me right up. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Where did I go? Can I go back and fucking leave? So I want to go back. No way. Whoa. Holy. My buddy, my buddy brought me over. He was laughing. He said, well, I wasn't loaded. Was like, oh, sure. <laughs> it felt loaded to me. <laughs> I don't know what a gun in the back of your head feels like loaded or unloaded, but I don't know. I don't want to know. Whoa. But yeah, it was, yeah. Wow. I don't ever tell that one on, on a podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Nathan. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally different playing in Russia. Yeah, but no, it was, it was like it was like it wasn't that bad. I kind of got over it, quick, but it was funny though because the guy he had this personal bodyguard. He was like ex KGB agent or whatever. And I see this guy like a couple weeks later. We're going into a bar, and, and it's actually a bowling alley, a bar, and a restaurant. Weird spot, anyway. So I forget. <laughs> I forget what it was called, but it was like, anyway, he was coming out. I guess the the boss and uh, Nikolai, he was he was away on a uh, a hunting trip. So when this guy would always be his personal bodyguard, but he didn't go on the trip. So he was like, it was a green light for him, right? Like he's going hard, right? He's he's coming out of this bar and he's absolutely hammered, right? Like I don't know if you I don't know if you've ever been to Russia, but if you see a Russian drinking hard. They like it. They go. They go hard. Like it's over the top drinking there. Like I don't even know how to. I don't know if I can put it in words to to make it to justify how much wow. I like the drink at times. Anyway, so because he's never gets a chance, right? Because he's always working. So anyway, I see him going in. He's coming out, and he sees me. He's like, Ah, Nathan. He doesn't speak any English, and I'm like. You know, you know, it was a Stasvizi or whatever you say it. I can't remember. I used to speak a little Russian, but not very much. But anyway, say hi, and and he comes up and he he pretends to punch me in the stomach a couple of times, and he comes over with an overhand right and just cracks me right in the jaw, like hard, like just. And I was like, normally if someone hit me that hard, I'd hit him back, right? Or cry or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, was like, I was sitting there and I got just smoked in the jaw. And I'm like, Stan, I'm like, I know this guy has a gun. I see him handed to the owner a couple weeks ago. And he held back my dad. So I'm like, what do I do in this situation? I'm like, he's like, and he, I think he realized what he did after. He just like, punched his owner's pet or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, one of his owners, you know, hockey players. So he's like, he knew he messed up. And he's like, you'd see it in his eyes, right? He felt so bad because he's like, yeah, he was just drunk and he didn't mean to hit me that hard, right? But he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, man, don't worry about it. No big deal. Like, I'm trying to act tough, right? I'm like, there's nothing, you know, don't worry about it. So, so I was good because then he left and I went in and, you know, I hung out for a bit or whatever. But, man, I couldn't chew right yet. I don't know if you ever got hit in the jaw. Oh, yeah. my God. Like there's a clicking, right, when you get yeah sometimes and you bite and there's always this click in your jaw. And it was like that for like two weeks. I'm like, man, I really wish that guy didn't punch me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, pretty, it was funny, though. And I was like, 
But, man, after that, that guy always took care of me. He was always, you know, he would make sure nothing bad would happen. <laughs> oh, that's good. So when you say that they're drinking hard, is it vodka like everyone always thinks? Is it the stereotype or do they drink something else? Uh, well, the guy that owned the hockey team, he liked to drink uh, Hennessy. He liked the oh, kind of Yeah, and he'd get that, like, I mean, it was like $600 a bottle or something. Like, it was... It was expensive stuff. So, so, so everything was eventful off the ice in Russia. What was the hockey like? Oh, it was awesome. The ho- I was well. It was way too skilled for me. Like those guys could fly. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, it was definitely the second best hockey league in the world as far as skill wise. But you could tell there was a lot of players there would not be able to handle the small rinks in the American League because of the physical play and mm-hmm. of it there. But man, some of these guys were super skilled. But I remember one day I was li- I was lining up against Yashin. I'm on the ice against Yashin. I'm like, probably never going to happen anywhere else. I'm like, hey, it's, I go. I bet you didn't think I'd be here calling you on right now. He's like, oh, you want to go? And he's like, anyway, yeah. So he's just, you know, he's just laughing. But so we were. It was I can't remember the guy's name. I hope I can't remember his name. But he was like. A legend in Russia. He was like one of the most famous Russian players back in the, the you know, in the 1980s and seven in the 70s. I, I can't, but he worked for the team. He worked for the team I was playing for, and it was his birthday. So he comes in. He's got his like mafia henchmen with him, and they're carrying this big bag of euros. There's like 500,000 euros in this bag. And he's like, if you guys win, this is all yours. Right, and I had like a three thousand dollar bonus for a win, so I'm like, well, I'd get five thousand euros, three thousand American. I'm like, man, this is going to be a good payday now. I really want to win this game, so you know, I go out there and I played the best game I've ever played in Russia. Right, I was trying. I mean, I was. I think I may have broke a couple guys' legs because I was hacking them. Back. <laughs> I'm like, I really wanted that money, right? <laughs> it's trying to, anyway, so. So um, the the coach we had that year was a Russian guy, Sergey Gomolenko, and he, he hated me. He didn't want me there anyway. So he didn't – I was like, man, I'm playing good. Play me. And he, I had an assist. We're winning 2-1. Third period comes. I get, you know, I get my usual spot on the dividing the, the forwards and the D and then sitting there just, you know, freaking watching. I'm like, oh. Anyway, so they go, yeah, so someone said something. Someone must have said something. Yeah, anyway, so Yashin decides to try. Like, Thanks, Yashin. Anyways, he, like, minute and a half left, he goes down, scores a sweet goal. Overtime, he scores another goal. We lose. I'm like, ah. Anyway, uh, so close. Anyway, but, yeah, yeah Yashin, was, he was amazing out there, though. Yeah, it was pretty good. And too bad, though. I wish he would have broke his leg. <laughs> Sorry, I just really wanted this bonus. Uh, yeah, you really wanted that bonus, right? <laughs> of all the places you played, what was your favorite place to play? Of all the cities you've been played? Uh, like, you know, I mean, I obviously like Toronto a lot. And, and Nashville was really cool. But for me, when I was first playing, I really I really enjoyed Indianapolis. I really liked living there. It was really nice. I really liked Indy a lot. I don't know, just the city. I had a lot of good friends there and stuff too. Maybe you know that weren't hockey. I got and we had a really good team, like good guys on the team. And Cleveland was really good. I really like Cleveland. Like honestly, they were all like pretty good cities. Like 
I mean, I, when I was in Jacksonville, like in the East Coast League, that was probably more near the bottom of the list, but just because where we lived, like, mm. they put us up in the apartment building, maybe wasn't the nicest part of town, but, you know, that, and we had good guys in the team, but I don't know, but I think uh, it was still pretty nice to go down to the beach there, so there was, man, I'm trying to think this they're all pretty good. Like uh, that's great. Ones I really liked actually. And thinking back, like Newfoundland, that place was awesome. Really good people there. Friendly, oh, so friendly. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, St. John's was great. Nobody pulled a gun on you in St. John's, or. <laughs> yeah, no, I, was, I was pretty blessed. I, had, like, I think I, you know, I mean, the career, you know, you know, I mean, you go over my hockey DB thing, you see, I obviously traveled quite a bit and was, you know, a bit of a suitcase throughout my career, but it was nice experience, you know, being like the gypsy hockey player, you know, getting to see all the different places mm-hmm. and meeting different people along the way. Like, there's always great people. Like, you know, I mean, I'll tell you one thing, the, the training staff and all the teams are always like the best people because they were the, they were the hardest working guys. And, you know, I mean, they're always, you know, trying to help, you know, doing what they can to help team women put in those extra hours. You know I mean? You just go play hockey for an hour and I'm trying to minimize it, but yeah, like, you know, you've, you know, you've seen them there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Work, so, yeah. And you made your mark everywhere you were, whether it was scoring goals or knocking people out. Right? <laughs> yeah. I tried to, you know, I mean, try to help your team win. Right. That's, that's the name of the game. Right. So how did you go from hockey to professional boxing? Well, so I boxed a little bit in a little town called Chatsworth. A guy named Frank Court used to run a gym out there, and I did it for a little bit. And I, I was, I was okay at it, right? Like, and I was just green, right? Just started. I did it for a little while. I really liked it, and and you know, I mean, obviously, hockey was my number one thing. So I got away from it after a while. Like, I wasn't there very long, and I went away to play hockey and stuff, right? And then fast forward a few years, I was in Santa Monica training one summer. And I used to train at this boxing gym in uh, – there was a coffee shop and a synagogue upstairs, and it was owned by Bob Dylan, and he had a boxing gym underneath, which was like, yeah, who knows. And it was really good because he used to run this top 10 model boxing. These girls would come and put these cages over the face and punch each other, and they were training right before I would train. Anyway, so I – you know, I mean, it was like, man, boxing's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And I, you know, I mean, I got to meet all these really, you know, um, what's his name there? Um, uh, he's a director now, Peter Berg. Peter Berg. Oh, he was, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Gary Busey had sparred with him. So it was, you know, you get to meet all these famous people, whatever. So it was kind of neat. But the trainer there, he used to run uh, uh, training camps for Sugar Ray Leonard back in the day. And so he, you know, I mean, he was a really good trainer. I, man, I honestly, I can't remember his name right now. I remember his kid's name, but so he would just tell me, he's like, you know, I mean, if you want to box, you could probably be a boxer. You'd be good at it. I'm like, yeah, I can't be a boxer. But anyway, so he'd tell me this and I was thinking, okay. And then I went fast forward. I go to training camp in New Jersey that year. And this trainer, he got a hold of Lou Duva. Lou Duva was looking for a, a hockey player to turn boxer and so this guy Mark Puttenbeck 
who was the strength coach for the New York Rangers, lived in New Jersey, and he used to train Duva's fighters. Anyway, we had a mutual friend that put us in the contact, and then he used to start taking me to uh, – uh, what was his name? He used to train Hollyfield and Tyson, Tommy. Uh, oh. oh, I know. We know who you're talking about, right? Yeah. So I started training with him for a bit while I was in the training camp in New Jersey. And then I signed a contract with the Marlies, went back there, and then started training in uh, with um, in Toronto for a bit and then had some amateur fights. And then, you know, I just kind of fell in love with it again and like the competition. I wish my skill was a little bit better because my career was like my <laughs> – I like doing it. I wasn't like, you know, it wasn't something I thought I was hoping I could make money at it as far as being able to focus on it enough, right, to get good at it. But it was, you know, met some really great people along the way there, though. So hmm. it, was, it was an interesting job, but it was it was tough. It was, so you were on some cards. Yeah, yeah, I fought at Casino Rama. I fought down in, uh, what was that, Mississauga? Or was that Brampton there? <laughs> what was your pro record? Uh, well, I won the first one. Let's keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was one in, I was one in three. Uh, I lost three fights, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It was, this is, yeah. Anyway. That's incredible. That's really cool. Yeah, it takes a lot of balls. Holy Hannah. Yeah, it's 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 a little more nerve wracking. Like at least you know, in a hockey fight, you can slip on the banana peel and the refs get in, break it up, right? The boxing, and you can play hockey. You say, no, I don't want to fight tonight. I don't feel it. And you show up for a boxing match. It's it's all you're doing. Hey, <laughs> 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 you out there half naked, and hey, go out a couple gladiators, and yeah, <laughs> toughest man win kind of thing. But you know, it's you know, it was a. Uh, I really enjoyed it, but I just kind of wish I was a little bit better at it. Maybe if I would have started earlier, but would have took away from my hockey career. So it was, you know, I mean, I'm glad I did it. But you know, and actually, I had knee surgery at my end of my uh, end of my hockey career. It was like they did this microfracture procedure. Anyway, so I had to get in shape to to uh, obviously I got I signed a fight. Anyway, I was playing for Bruce Power. And they have a fitness test there to make the security force there, right? So there's no way I would have gotten a good enough shape to pass that fitness test if I didn't have the boxing match. So I kind of forced myself to get back in shape quick because I had the boxing match. So kind of like boxing helped me get my career at Bruce Power, too, hmm. in the sense that I would have never passed that fitness test. Anymore. That's great. But I did have to get back there to do it. So <laughs> now you mentioned now you mentioned your coaching. You're coaching with the St. Mary's Lincolns, Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League. What do you like about coaching? I'm trying, you know, I mean, you're trying to have a positive impact on the kids and pass along what you've learned, and you know, I mean, give back. And you know, I mean, obviously, St. Mary's is near and dear to my heart because you know, we won the championship there, and it was kind of where I took off in my hockey career. You know, I mean, it was a, I mean, I was a late like they don't they didn't have that midget draft back then, but I was ready to go in the draft the year before, never got drafted. So I think at the time I was the heck the highest draft pick a year late ever right hmm. no one had ever gone in the second round a year late at that point so it was you know i mean it was it just had a really good year and yeah we're 
worked out good anyway. So I'm able to go back. I still have a lot of friends in, in St. Mary's that I get to see. My, actually, my son is there billing right now with my old billing. So that's, you know, I mean, oh, wow. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, you know, man, we, were, we were in each other's wedding parties and, you know, best man for each other. It's tough. So, you know, we're good friends and, you know, it's good to, yeah, it's just really nice and it works out great. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's just like being around the guys and in the locker room again. That means a lot. It's fun. And how proud are you as a hockey dad for uh, getting to, to see what Kevin and Andrew have done with their hockey careers so far? Yeah, no, it's great. Honestly, like, yeah, it's, I thought Andrew should have got drafted a couple of years ago. Anyway, yeah. He's, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's doing well. And Kevin's actually doing great. He's, I think he's going to have a big year this year. He's, he's come a long way. Him, him and Andrew were down in Cleveland training together. And Andrew was telling me that like he, Kevin's gotten a lot better. Like he's getting really fast. He's gotten a lot stronger, but I mean, Andrew's a beast. He just trains hard. He's, Focus, like you know, he was deadlifting five hundred and thirty pounds. So, did three Please. times. I was like, that's, "That's more than I ever did." <laughs> like, I used to be a, like a weight room junkie. Like I used to lift a lot of. But yeah, but yeah. So he's. I think he's focused, ready to go. And I've got another son, Bruce, who's starting to play AAA now, and he's. Mm. Real Bruce, he's trying to, and I, I had him before I got the job. Bruce Powers, I, I didn't know that, but anyway, so Bruce, yeah, Bruce is coming along too now. He's 13 and he's playing down in Sarnia with the, the Lampton AAA team there. So he's, he's starting to go, uh, you know, now. So it's one hockey ring to the next for me for the next, you know, six months, I guess. But it sounds, yeah, I was gonna say, it sounds like you wouldn't change a thing, right? So. Well, Nathan, we appreciate the time. Uh, great stories. Uh, we've kept you longer than we wanted to, but boy, those stories were fantastic. And uh, we're, I know we're going to see you around the rink in the GOJHL. Uh, don't give Matt too hard a time when uh, you face Leamington. Yeah, be nice when you're down here, all right? Well, they did put us out last year, so I think I owe them a bit of a hard time. I uh, know. I think we got a target on our back here. <laughs> and we fucked with the wrong guy, apparently. So. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you guys our thanks again to Nathan Parrott for joining us on the podcast some tremendous (laughs) stories unbelievable stories I don't know if I want to go to Russia now I love that he held back some of the stories (laughs) and those are the ones that we got (laughs) wow I'm glad he's got Roman Turex number two, apparently. <laughs> wow, those were wild. When I go into the Nature Fresh Farms Recreation Center in Leamington and we're playing the St. Mary's Lincolns, I'm probably going to go in the back way so we don't have to walk by the locker rooms. I, I mean, you know what? I'll meet you. I'll meet you in the parking lot. Do you know what we haven't seen in a while in the GOJHL? A brawl where the coaches are involved. You know <laughs> I put the bug in Mitchie's ear, and uh, <laughs> Mitchie, I got a guy that uh, is chirping you. <laughs> no, 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 not the little guy over there in the white suit. 
It's been a while since we've seen Mark Crawford and Scotty Bowman go at each other again. Can you guys replicate that? Yeah, yeah. See how anybody does against Nathan Parrott. <laughs> My favorite is, too, some of the guys we've talked about, they're like, oh, yeah, it was a little rough going into every game, knowing you had to fight. There's a lot of pressure. He's like, oh, no, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> 30 fights a season yeah. in his first year in the OHL. I was Come looking on. at some of the numbers from, especially his, uh, in his, uh, a few of his careers, like the IHL time is what really, really blew me away. Yeah, he's, he's talking about the Indianapolis Ice season. Is it yeah. the Indianapolis Ice? This was for the uh, 98-99 season. He had 307 penalty minutes that year. He finished seventh in the league. <laughs> 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 and I love how he talked about he wouldn't fight the top guy. Yeah, yeah. Because he was trying to catch up yep. to them in the penalty minute <laughs> scoring race. Well, he was one minute shy of cracking the top five. Oh, so. man. But the, the leader, Mel Angel Angelstad. 421 penalty minutes that year. <laughs> Crazy. And then all of that, and he still scores 14 goals against an 11 assist that year, too. So, I mean, yep. you can do both. Yep, yep. Oh, Nathan had some great lines, didn't he? Eh? We we didn't get to uh, to talk about his his playing time too much in in Russia, but his uh, his elite <laughs> prospects has got him nine games in the KHL in two thousand eight oh nine. Nine games, no points, hundred and thirty seven <laughs> penalty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but Yashin wouldn't fight him. Yashin wouldn't fight him. <laughs> uh, our thanks again to Nathan Parrott. So many great stories. And we know Andrew really well. Great to hear that he's going to get a tryout with the Chicago Blackhawks. And obviously looking forward to Kevin's season in the GOJHL. Yeah, that's a, a great family. Some talented players in there in that tree for sure. You got a scouting report now on Kevin, right? I yeah. know. I, I, he's a little bit faster and stronger. Yeah. Okay. I, I, know, I know who you got him matched up against. We'll, we'll shut him down. That's okay. <laughs> hey, when you're not listening to our previous episodes, or maybe while you're listening to the previous episodes, check out our social media accounts too. They're yeah. just as good. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook. John doesn't have us hooked up on TikTok yet, but uh, <laughs> I, understand it's, I understand it's coming. Just as it starts to phase itself out, John gets his own little dance page uh, going. We know what he's going to be dancing to in the yeah. first song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Back to life. How? <laughs> <laughs> and if you have any show or guest suggestions, uh, like our guest on this episode, or if you have questions for an upcoming debate, send us an email for future considerations at gmail.com. Yeah, what yeah. do you think Karen Wheeler's doing? Can we get her on the show? <laughs> we got to put out the request. Yeah. We want to thank our sponsors too. London Awnings, quality that shows. Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. He reached out after the last episode of the Pump It or Dump It. <laughs> yep. He loves Soul to Soul. Oh, yes. He, he said it was his theme song, Back to Life, Back to Reality. <laughs> I believe that was his stage song. Is that what he referred to it as? <laughs> might have. I might have been confused. <laughs> oh, well, thanks again for listening. Uh, we'll be back again on Wednesday. Hang in there for the time in between. I'm sure there'll be some ridiculous things in sports that we'll be able to argue about next week on the next edition of For Future Considerations. And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. 
It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.